morning, everybody. Good morning. <laughs> uh, we have some things to talk about this morning. Uh, praise God, yes. And it is very exciting to me that, which we have to talk about. Um, the, the title of the sermon, and you can draw your conclusion right from the title, I guess, is Kingdom Talking. Kingdom Talking. Does anybody want to give the sermon? You know now what we're going to talk about? Yes? The reason why I'd like to talk about uh, Kingdom Talking this morning is because it is my experience. And, of course, I have limited experience, right? Everybody has limited experience. Nobody has experience of all that is going on in all the world. So it is limited. And mine is limited as well. But in my limited experience, I have experienced that I'm talking about Christian folk, okay? I'm talking about believers. That Christians uh, <clears throat> don't always talk like the scriptures want us to talk. Amen. Uh, and I'm talking about young people. I'm talking about adults. Yeah. I'm talking about gray-haired people. It doesn't matter. There's plenty of us that don't know how to talk Amen. like a Christian. Because often when we talk, we have in mind worldly ideas. And so we talk worldly. I'm not talking about curse words. That, that, that's, the, that's the easy part. I'm talking about stuff that breaks down somebody else. Stuff that is not edifying. And I be the first to admit and the first to say that yes, in the kingdom of God there is thing, some, something called discipline. And there's something called correction. And there's something called rebuke. But even those things, as correction and rebuke, are things that are supposed to be redemptive. Are you following what I'm saying? In other words, let us say, uh, I won't pick on Herman today. <laughs> let us say I have to correct Doyle, all right? And that, that, that would never... <laughs> that would never be the case. But let us say I would have to correct Doyle. Then the correction is for Doyle's benefit. You agree with me? Yes. For Doyle's benefit. But when we talk as Christians, we almost always talk like it is for my benefit. So I gave him, I give him a piece of my mind. I let him have it. Okay? So that is not correction. That is something that is called venting. And venting and correction are opposites. One is for that person's benefit. The other one is for my benefit. So just those things. And, but that's, that, even those things as correction and rebuke are done in a redemptive way, not in a way to hurt somebody else or to put them down. Or to bemean them or belittle them. Now, it is quite possible that your rebuke might be misunderstood. Yes? Because when you have to correct somebody who is immature, they will not receive it readily. So, you can readily see if somebody is mature or not. When somebody is being corrected by somebody in lesser stature than they are. Okay? Not as a person in position, right? There are, there are positions. One is sometimes higher than the other and so on and so forth. So if somebody in lower position than you is correcting you and you receive it as of from the Lord, if in fact it is of the Lord, then you have just shown some measure of maturity. If you don't receive it, uh, you have a ways to go. So... But I'm not even talking about that stuff. I'm talking about just talking. Just life. Amen. 
between us. Life between a husband and a wife. Life between brothers. Life between sisters. Life between an employer and an employee. Uh, and so on and so forth. And how do we talk to one another? But so often with causing more damage instead of Christian testimony Amen. in our talking. My dear brothers and sisters, um, Solomon has something to say about that. Paul has something to say about that. James has something about that. I mean, it's all over the place. Jesus has something to say about that. It's all over the place as to how we should talk with one another so as to expand the kingdom of God. You see, when we talk, we don't have in mind the kingdom of God. That is, that is the, the problem right there. We have in mind scolding the other person or putting them in their place or whatever or letting them have a piece of our mind because they give us a piece of their mind or whatever. Uh, but, but that is, there's no qualifications here. The scriptures are asking us to talk a certain way, regardless of who else is talking to us in whatever way. Are you with me? So, this is a way, and you're talking alone, that you can be a testimony to somebody else without mentioning the name of Jesus. Now, my brothers and sisters, ultimately, you have to mention the name of Jesus, because if you talk in the kingdom way, People are going to ask you some questions. When someone insults you and all you have to say is kind and gracious words back, that will get their attention. And so, when it comes to talking with one another, some words that jump at me, that, that come to my mind. Boom, 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 boom. Do you, when you have a thought, do words come to your mind? So, when I, I'm talking... Thinking about talking with one another, I'm thinking about the words like grace or graciousness or gracious. I'm thinking about the words of consideration. I'm thinking of words like uh, uh, courtesy. I'm thinking about those kinds of words as we talk with one another. A few weeks ago, we had uh, a message on peacemakers. And peacemakers, they talk that way. Because they, their, prime, their prime goal is to make peace. So they talk in a certain way. When you talk like this, and raise your voice. And say mean words. That is not conducive to peace. <laughs> that is conducive to war. And yet, the Lord is wanting us to be peacemakers. Because blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. It is a sign of a mature one, a son, a huios. Someone who is mature in the Lord. That they are sticking their neck out simply to make peace whether it is making peace this way or whether it's making peace that way. This person sticks out their neck to make peace between these two sisters. Paul was asking that in the book of Philippians to the, to, to the brothers and sisters of Philippi to make peace between two of the sisters that had gone into a, in a, into a quarrel. And he says, hey, help them make peace. Um, so the peacemaker then brings two parties together or the peacemaker brings me together with him. I feel like he has maybe... Uh, a thought about me or maybe I said something that hurt him meaning to or not meaning to I come and I make peace and that is a sign of the a son of God because Jesus is the ultimate peacemaker and peacemaking is not necessarily easy and is, is often costly as Jesus so anyways so this is not about peacemaking but just an, an, an example of how of how to talk. So, I would like for us to look, first of all, at uh, Ephesians 4.29 and 30. 4.29 and 30. And 
And it says, let no... Okay. Huh. What translation is that? Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good and for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. Okay, now that is a mouthful. Uh, uh, the, the traditional King James Version says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace to the hearers. And so, here you have the word impart. We'll get to that in just a little bit. So, let no corrupt community, let no bad words, let no corrupt word, let no unfit word, let no word that is of no benefit, let no unwholesome talk come out of your mouth. So, when I read that, my mind goes immediately to, oh, we might be prone to let corrupt communication come out of our mouth or corrupt talk come out of our mouth. We might be prone to that, but he says, don't let it. Don't let it. He is telling us that we have control over that. (laughs) You know, Glenn, the idea of you made me mad is false. You can never make me mad. I just got mad. Of course, you would never behave yourself for me. No, I never. No, I, I, I know. I know. <laughs> so, you know, he made me mad. What is that? Did he hold a gun to your head? Hey, you get mad or else. It's up to you to get mad or not. No matter what they do. So, no matter what they say, no matter what they do, Paul is saying over here, let that stuff not come out of your mouth. No corrupt communication. No unfit talk. No talk that is uh, not beneficial. So often, once again in my limited experience, when we talk about corrupt communication or unwholesome words, the NIV uses the word unwholesome. That is in contradiction with wholesome words, right? Unwholesome and wholesome. So, The contradiction, the opposite of wholesome, is not necessarily cursing or bad words. They are just not wholesome. Are you with me? So, so strict is Paul with his instruction that he says, don't let unwholesome words come out of your mouth. Excuse me. (laughs) Because, you see, Paul... As we should, Paul has in mind the kingdom of God. When, wherever, in traffic, or at the bank, or in the restaurant, or at work, or wherever it may be, somebody rips into you, or somebody insults you or something says ugly says something ugly to you then you want to retaliate don't you but that is not a testimony <laughs> that is not a testimony to Jesus i'll tell you what a testimony to Jesus is the worse they treated you the greater the opportunity for the kingdom If they treat you sort of nice, (laughs) you're a very immature, hardly Christian responder if you're going to respond in an ungodly manner, in an unwholesome manner. But it is when they rip you, is when you have the greatest opportunity for the kingdom, my brothers and sisters. I just want you to know that. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And then... That little word over there, but that shows that something opposite is following. The, the word but is a connecting word that announces that something opposite is following 
from the preceding phrase. So there is a, a negative phrase, comma, but, then that will be followed by a positive phrase. There is a positive phrase, comma, but, that will be followed by, what does I say, positive, by a negative phrase. So something opposite. So he says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but something great. Something, words, that are good for the use of building someone up. <laughs> I get excited about stuff like that. You guys are looking so serious at me that like, Kenny, what are you up to here, man? I mean, <laughs> I, I think. <laughs> well, some of it, yeah, absolutely. Big time, big time. Big time. He says, it comes all down to self-control. That's the fruit of the Spirit. And absolutely, that is, that is a, a, it's a big one right there. So, uh, but he says then, so the things that you're going to say to the other person is the stuff that builds them up. And the, the traditional translations in, in the King James says, and that will minister grace to the hearers. Here it says, in part, I like them both. Okay? Yes. Because, in other words, the way I talk to Oscar, right, that should not only minister grace to him, but in fact, impart the testimony of Jesus in his life. Just by talking. Just by the way I talk to him, he, he, he gets a little bit of Jesus. Or maybe a lot of Jesus. Depending how ugly it was to me. I mean, I mean whatever. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? So, I'm saying, and I've, I've said this before, this is not a new passage to us, but I want to go just a little bit deeper in this idea of how do we talk? How do we talk, Jeannie, to make things good between us? Maybe I offended Jeannie or, or whatever. I would never offend her on purpose. She is a sweet, precious sister. I would never do it on purpose. But maybe, you know, maybe I slipped up or whatever. I didn't mean to. Then, you know, now I'm coming to, to, to bring grace in the situation. To bring grace in the situation. And it is, it is in the way that I talk that I also impart a little bit of the kingdom in her. Just by the way I talk. Now, you you sort of look at me like, oh, Kenny, I, I think you're a little bit radical about this. You, 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 you go a little bit too far. I'm not sure that this is true. Okay, so then let me give you the opposite example. Have you ever heard someone talk? And they talked in such a manner that you thought, oh, my gosh, is he, is he a Christian? So they had the opposite testimony than Jesus. So by the same token, you have the way you talk, the way you respond to a situation. Is, is you, impart, you impart the stuff of the kingdom in that situation. Not only that, but as I'm talking to Lynn and... Uh, Hinda hears what I'm talking to him about, and he saw our interaction. Then Hinda takes note, oh, my gosh. Huh, I had never expected such a reaction. What a gracious reaction he had. A testimony of Jesus is shared. It is important. Then he goes on to say, and, I say the word and because the word and 30 is an important word. 430 says, and... Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed of the, of, for the day of redemption. We're just going to go talk about that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. And this phrase, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, is often used, or I would say most of the time that I'm familiar with anyways, is used in a sort of a general exhortation. Don't grieve the Spirit of God. But here the word and connects the previous verse with this verse. Right. So in this particular scenario, Paul 
It is true that it is a general exhortation. But in this scenario, it has to do with speaking. Let no corrupt communication proceed of your mouth, but that's just good, good to the use of edifying, that may minister grace. And if you don't do it that way, you will be grieving the Holy Spirit. So here again you have it. You know, maybe Tony was ugly to me. He's sending a message over here, but... Are you oh, now you're taking notes. Okay, I'm, I'm just taking notes. So, uh, uh, Tony's ugly to me, and I, I want to hurt him back. I want to grieve him back. Right? But in the process, I am grieving the Holy Spirit of God. Is that what we want to do? Is that what we want to do in our lives? Just because somebody speaks to us unkindly or insultingly or whatever, that we just go ahead and grieve the Spirit of God? Is that what we want to do? Is that what we want our lives to be like? Or do we want our lives to be like ones that are blessing the Spirit of God? Can you bless the Spirit of God? Or can he only bless you? No. We know the, 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 the prayers from the Psalms. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Yes, we can bless the Lord. So we are blessing the Holy Spirit even by the way we talk with one another. But we grieve him when we talk to one another in unwholesome ways. We grieve him. So, in my mind, I'm, I'm not, I'm a little bit behind in my head and I'm not that smart, but in my mind I'm thinking, uh, well, if somebody just go, casually goes and grieves the Holy Spirit, then I'm thinking, this person is not kingdom-minded. They are Carnally minded. Are you following me? Does, does this make sense? Is that a fair statement to say it like that? Okay. So, and carnally minded doesn't get you at any good places, my brothers and sisters. It is about King Jesus and his kingdom. That's what it's all about. So, do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Amen. Amen, amen. Okay. <laughs> I don't know why amen is such an easy phrase to, to say. So, then, the Holy Spirit would say to you, as he is saying here through Paul, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, he would say to you, stop grieving me. Stop grieving me. You want blessings from me, but all you do is grieve me. <laughs> well, he'll continue to bless you, yes? But why should you grieve him who blesses you? So, let your mouth be a minister that imparts grace to the hearers, and you will bless the Holy Spirit, because it is always about Jesus and his kingdom. Let us look at Colossians 4, 5, and 6. We're just looking at a few scriptures. Obviously, there is much more to say than I can say in whatever, 30 minutes or something, <laughs> a little bit more usually, but um, uh, in, in a few minutes. There's so much more, but I, I just want to give you a, a sampling of it, a, 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 a flavor, a taste of it, um, that I can inspire you or motivate you. There's a difference between inspiring and motivating, but that I might inspire you and motivate you, or motivate you and inspire you to be conscious of the way you talk with people, that it would be kingdom-minded. So, um, are we there? Colossians 4, uh, I'm sorry, Colossians 
4, verses 5 and 6. So here you have a verse that says, Walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Let your speech always be with grace. Here you have it. Seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. So, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside. So here it is speaking to Christian folks, and he is saying, walk in wisdom toward the people who are not Christians, who are on the outside, who are out there, not Christians, but obviously as Christians, it is, they, they call it among best Baptist people, the Great Commission, that we would share the gospel with people out there. One of the ways is the way we talk. Amen. Check it out. So, sometimes I have the feeling that when we do things intentionally, in other words, with a purpose, that people would think, oh, this is an ulterior motive. Ulterior motive. Yes, it's an ulterior motive. <laughs> what is an ulterior motive? That's a motive whose purpose is, is sort of hidden. Uh, but the, 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 the motive is really, it is an, only ulterior in the interpretation of, of the people out there because from where I'm looking, it's not ulterior at all. It's not hidden what, what, one iota. This is what I'm about. As to live the kingdom. <laughs> and by the way, it is the greatest motive in all of the universe to share Jesus with other people. My dear brothers and sisters, it is an of eternal consequence. Check it out. This word is, is going to tell us that the way we talk to people, the way we talk to people will give us an opportunity for the kingdom. Let's take a look. I gave you, I gave you another translation, walking wisdom toward those on the outside. Kenneth Wiest, who is a great Greek scholar. Let me quote him just a little bit over here. He says, in wisdom, be ordering your behavior towards those on the outside, Buying up for yourself a strategic opportune time. An opportune time for what? To share the gospel. So he's saying, be intentional. Be purposeful about the way you talk with people. Because that way you are buying up for yourself an opportunity for the kingdom. <laughs> So, so when, when I'm talking to the waitress in the restaurant, and I'm kind and nice, even though she may be, you know, have you ever been in a restaurant where the people that came after you were served before you? Does that not burn you up? My dear brothers and sisters, it's about the kingdom. She knows that they came in after you. I don't know if they are, uh, how you call it, uh, 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 people that have part in the business, that are part owners or are their bosses or are the owners of the business that came after you and she served them first. I, I have no idea. It is my job, it is my job to portray the kingdom of God. That's it. It is my job when I talk with Glenn, to portray the kingdom of God. It's my job when I talk with Joe to portray the kingdom of God. It is my job to portray it. It is his job to portray it. It is my job to portray it whether he portrays it or not. And vice versa. Thank you. It's just, just that simple. But if we're carnally minded, then we get upset with this waitress who made us wait when they, she served the people that came after us. You know, she knew. She knows she did it. She knows she did it. And you treating her in a kind way will buy up for you an opportunity to share the gospel. That's what Paul is saying over here. 
is the way Kenneth Weiss is exp- ex- translating it and explaining it to us that you are buying it for yourself a strategic opportunity to be able to share the gospel. So when I treat that waitress nice, even though she serves me le- after the people that came after me, it's not because she was so nice to me. <laughs> it's because I want an opportunity for the kingdom. And if she is in a bad mood, or whatever the situation might be, and she treats other people like that in the restaurant, she'll get hardly a tip. They'll just slap a couple of dollars there and, 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 and be done, and they're going to give her some lip. And she knows she has it coming. But then there's one guy or one girl that says, I'm not going to give her a lip. I'm going to give her a fat tip. And I'm going to leave her a note. If you're going to leave her a track, a Christian track, tip her right, otherwise she'll just throw your track away. She'll go like, boom. But if you have treated her nice, she might just read that track. And when you come back in two weeks, she might just believe you when you talk to her about Jesus. She says, you're the only one that treated me nice that day. I had such a bad day, and you're the only one. So he says, buy for yourself opportunities for the gospel. Okay, we're doing pretty good. Uh, And then the next verse says, Uh, uh, no, 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 I'm sorry, I'm sorry. We're going we're gonna to go to verse 6 there. To verse 6 there. Um, and then he says, you know, this is the way. This is buy up an opportune time. Be intentional about it. Be purposeful about it. And he says, this is the way you do it. And then he gives us the way to do it. He says, let your speech always be with grace. Amen. <laughs> grace. I need to take you along when I go to talk to these people. Yeah. Let your season be always, be, your speech always be seasoned with grace. I'm sorry, it be always with grace. Seasoned with salt. Let that thing taste good to the people. When you're talking with people, it should be tasty. It should be, they taste a little something. What are they tasting? Might it be a little bit of heaven? Certainly, you don't want them to taste the other kind. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how to how you ought to answer each one, so that your your speech. So you, you see the word answer over there. What does that imply? There might be some questions, and when the questions come, wow, there you go. All right, now we look at Proverbs real quick. Then, oh, Proverbs real quick, and then we have to go to James. Um, Proverbs says, 15.28 says, The heart of the righteous studied how to answer. We're just looking at the A part. There's the, in the Proverbs often is the, the this and then the opposite there. It's positive, then negative, or negative, then positive. Or sometimes it's just two, two positives or two negatives, but <clears throat> often. So, but here it says, The heart of the righteous studies how to answer. Studies. So when Kara is saying something to me, and I'm wondering how I should answer, the heart of the righteous, he studies how to answer. I'm not just answering her casually. I'm answering her intentionally, purposefully. My heart is studying how to answer her so I can answer her in a, in a uh, wholesome way, in a heavenly way. She's my sister. You see, Jesus died on the cross for my privilege to call her sister. And he wants me to talk to her like that. 
and then let's say we have a couple more that quickly we're going to go over. Uh, Proverbs 16:23. The heart of the wise teacheth his mouth, and added learning to his lips. The heart of the wise teaches his mouth. So there's it's not just a flippant, casual, uh, nonchalant uh, uh, way of talking. It is that your heart is teaching something to your mouth how to, how to talk. And then the next one is uh, 24. Pleasant words. This is Becca's, Becca's verse over here. Pleasant words are like a honeycomb. Sweetness to the soul and health to the bones. Woo! Pleasant words. Sweet to the soul. And health to the bones. Is it possible that the way I talk to you brings you better health? Is it possible that the way I talk to you brings you worse health? I guarantee you that the way you talk to a person can cause them sleepless nights. I don't want to be that person. And the Holy Spirit doesn't want any of us to be that person. What the Holy Spirit wants from us is that when we talk to them, they actually sleep better at night. Not worse. Okay. Then, for what time is it? Huh? Three minutes, 2.12. Okay, 2.12. Okay, good. Uh, so then let's look at, last but not least, let's look at James, the third chapter, starting with verse 2. And we'll just go through five or six. I had 11 initially over there, but <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to, you know. I know there's a, a nerve that goes from your seat to your brain. <laughs> if I let you sit on that nerve too long, it will short circuit and your brain says no mass. So I, let, let me just go ahead and, and just do two through five. There is enough there to my goodness. So let's look at that a little bit. For we all stumble in many things. Let me see if that's what I had in mind. I thought maybe part of one. Uh, maybe part of one. Let's see here. Oops. <laughs> yeah, actually, and beyond that also. So... Uh, so he says this, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone does not stumble in word, he is a perfect man, able also to bridle the whole body. Let's, let's dissect that just a little bit, brothers and sisters, and see uh, uh, what it says. He says here, we all stumble in many ways. Okay? He gives us the scoop right up front. He says, we are all people who are flawed. We stumble in many ways. We stumble in many ways. Then he goes on. If anyone does not stumble in word. In other words, if you speak the stuff that God wants you to speak, you're not stumbling in it. He says you are a mature person. That is a sign that you are a mature person. Perfect over here doesn't have the connotation sinless. It, 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 it hardly ever has the connotation of sinless. But it has here to do with a mature person. You are a complete person. You're not, you're not stumbling all over uh, 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 your words and, and, and say ugly things and, and say unwholesome things and uh, bemeaning and belittling things. You say the things that, that, that are of God. He's a perfect man, able also to bridle his whole body. Check it out now. He says that if you can prevent stumbling in word. You can control your whole body. Is that what you read? Or am I making it up? Is that what you read? Is that a fair, a fair assessment of what that verse says? And it is, my gosh, it's huge. I'm thinking, Wow. God gives me the ability to speak in a wholesome way. I take him up on it, and I get to control my whole body. 
So I don't have to eat that pint of ice cream three times a day any longer. I can control my whole body. I don't. I'm just messing with you, okay? <laughs> I, I tell you when I had my last ice cream. My last ice cream I had last Thursday, uh, I had some free time and I was driving around. And when you have free time and you're driving around, brother, that's when it happens. <laughs> the ice cream thought popped in my head. I said, well, I'm not too far away from Baskin Robbins over here. I'll stop in, and not only will I get me a cherry jubilee, but I'm going to sit in the corner of the basket robins all by myself, and I'm going to take my time. <laughs> so good. <laughs> I can't have seconds. I can't have seconds. Anyways, I'm just messing with you. So that if you, he's saying, if you can control your tongue like that, you can control your whole body. My brothers and sisters, that is like huge to me. Huge. Am I making it up? Maybe you have a a translation that that contradicts what I just said. I I don't know. But let's go to verse 3. Indeed, so in the next two verses, 3 and 4, James is going to prove to us, or let me not not use the word prove. He's going to give us examples that what he's saying makes sense. He says, because your tongue is just a, uh, uh, like this. Small, like this. But it can control your whole body. We saw in, 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 in two, right? Uh, and he says, look, in the same way that when we put bits in, in, in horses' mouths, that little bit over here will control the whole horse. He's giving that example to illustrate that he is not far off or that he is not off when he is saying that your tongue, by controlling your tongue, you can control your whole body. Just like the bit controls the whole body of the horse. And he says, in the same way, verse 4 says, in the same way, a small rudder controls the whole boat, the whole ship. In that same way, your tongue, when it is controlled, will control your whole body. That's the illustration that he's giving over here. Look also at ships. Although they are so large and are driven by fierce winds. So it's not like there is no wind, there is no uh, resistance, there is no challenge in your life, whatever. There's plenty of it. They are turned by a very small rudder. Wherever the pilot desires to go. What is your desire? Where do you want to go? If you control your tongue, oh, you can go to those places where God wants to take you. This is not the only way, but this is certainly one way that James says, and I want to I bring it home to you because I want to bring home to you how important <coughs> in a Christian's life the tongue is, the way we talk. It's hugely important. And so then he goes with five. Five says this, even so, even so, just like he was just giving us examples, even so the tongue is a little member and boasts great things. So see how great a forest a little fire kindles. <clears throat> Remember that phrase, see how, uh, how great a forest a little fire kindles. You, are you familiar with the California fires here recently? Oh my goodness. Somebody is casual with a cigarette butt, poof, throws it. Thousands and thousands of acres. Thousands and thousands of acres. He's making this comparison compared to our tongue. He says, that little thing over here, that little thing over here can set ablaze a whole forest. Let's look at the next verse, then we're going to combine it a little bit, and then we'll be through. And the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. Your tongue. 
He is speaking, as we find out in, in, in subsequent verses, he is speaking of a tongue that is not controlled by the Holy Spirit. Okay? And he is saying to us in, in that scenario that you cannot control your tongue unless you bring it under the Holy Spirit. Amen. You have been able to tame elephants. You have been able to tame whales. You have been able to tame, you name it. But your tongue, that small thing over there, you can't tame it. Only the Spirit of God can tame it. So, but otherwise, if it's not under the, under the Spirit of God, then this is what it is. A fire of a world of iniquity. The tongue is so sad among our members that it defiles the whole body. That unrepented or, 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 or whatever, unconsecrated tongue that can cause a lot of problems for you. It can defile your whole body. Just like when it is controlled by the Holy Spirit, it can control your whole body for the good. So, and sets on fire the course of nature. And it is set on fire by hell. So, your tongue can defile your body. Yes? It can set on fire the course of nature. That is to say, I can cause a fire in Sally. And it says, that fire comes from hell. I don't ever, ever, I did. When I was growing up, I was one cocky dude. And I was a popular dude. I was the number one player in my country when I was 17 years old. 16, 17, early. And when I was the number one player in my country, I never lost to a foreigner. So I was very popular. The way the people admired you was not good for a 17-year-old. It is not good for a 17-year-old. And consequently, I was cocky. And because I was popular, and sometimes somebody would enter the group that I was part of, and he wanted to do something, I cut him down with my tongue. Poof, 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 poof. Have you ever been like that? You have so much sarcasm, you just chop them down. I remember that two guys in particular, after I became a Christian, they were more, but that was just maybe a little bit jokingly or whatever. But there's two guys that I had to call overseas to ask them for forgiveness for the words that I had used. And this one not curse words. This is just I had chopped them down with sarcasm. I never again, ever, 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 want to put somebody on fire with a fire from hell. I don't want it anymore. And I want to encourage you, therefore, to, in your speech, in your talking, to be intentional that you would impart grace into other people. And so, and he, not only, so he says, so I will, I will, put myself in, in, in trouble, I put myself on fire, I defile myself, I put somebody else on fire, and that fire is coming from, from hell. Um, sometimes, sometimes we excuse ourselves for the way we talk because they deserve it. Is what we're thinking. They were ugly to me. They said some things to me, so I'm going to let them have it. And then often, we blame the other person for the fire that we caused as Christians. So I'm saying to you, when you pour the gasoline... And when you light the match and you throw it on the gasoline, don't be surprised that something will go ablaze. You never want to be the one that pours the gasoline and lights the match to put someone ablaze. Rather, my dear brothers and sisters, let the Holy Spirit 
control every part of you, including your tongue, that your mouth might be a minister that imparts grace into other people and not fire. If there's going to be a fire, let it be a fire of God. I'm praying for our young people just about every Wednesday night that, Lord, that you would put a fire for Jesus in their belly. Lynn, am I praying like that? Just about every Wednesday night. Lord, put a fire in their belly. There is nothing more exciting and nothing more attractive and nothing more beautiful and wonderful than when God puts a fire in the belly of young people. Excuse me. That the young people might be an example to us older people. In their fire, in their enthusiasm, and in their willingness to do anything for Jesus that he's asking of them. Including speaking like God wants us to speak. Let your tongue become one that ministers and imparts grace to the hearers. If I'm talking to Oscar, all the hearers that hear our our conversation need to be blessed by it. Instead of eyebrows. Wow, listen to them. Folks, does that... (laughs) I'm, I'm just trying to inspire you. Who said thank you? Okay, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Brother John gives me <laughs> a wave. <laughs> I love Brother John.